Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. There seems to be spiritual truths that are trying to find us, you and I. One prominent one is that the ego, or sense of separation, is the chief cause of much, if not all, of our suffering. This is something that echoes down through the wisdom traditions, particularly from the East. However, Westerners are also awakening from the illusion of the ego. As my guest today so eloquently states, identification with the ego creates an illusory disconnect from source or from the divine. And when you start to see the workings of the ego, its strategies for keeping itself safe, its incessant desire to be right and make others wrong, and its binary thinking where we draw boundaries between me and my side of the conflict as, quote, the good guys, unquote, and the others on the other side of the conflict as, quote, the bad guys, the idiots, etc., etc., unquote. This is ego identification in action and is the primary driver of much of our unhappiness. Would you like to truly be happier? One sure path is to learn to investigate and dissolve the ego in service to something greater than yourself. See if you can stop trying to get everyone to believe and feel as you do. Let everyone have their particular truth, even if it doesn't jive with your perspective. And try to give everyone space, just as you want space, to figure things out as well. We really don't need to feel so distant from one another just because we disagree about a few things. Any narrative that has separation built into it is driven by the ego. It's an easy litmus test. Can we, dear listeners, drop all of our us versus them thinking? Can we stop polarizing whoever is over there? And can we awaken from the illusion of separation? My guest today is an exceptional wisdom teacher, someone who has stood in the front of the room and helped usher in new possibilities and new understanding for those in attendance. Sophie McLean has been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, and a CEO. As a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world, people of all ethnicities, ages, religions, and social backgrounds. Her seminar topics span both the human and metaphysical dimensions and touch on topics such as deconstructing the ego, consciousness, the nature of fear, relationships, spirituality, the dynamics of the feminine and the masculine, and how to make a difference in the world. Sophie's new book, The Elegance of Simplicity, is a compelling, thought-provoking work of autobiographical fiction. Here is my interview with Sophie McLean. Okay, I am here with Sophie McLean, author Sophie McLean. Sophie, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, Tony. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, me too. I've been really looking forward to talking to you. Um, you know, right now with all my guests, I have to start with something about um, the coronavirus and COVID-19. It just seems like I'm, uh, you know, there's there's no other way to start the interview than that. So I guess my first question to you is, you know, how are you, how are you framing this, uh, this kind of retreat that we've all collectively been on? Um, and what are the opportunities for humanity right now? Because I'm really interested in, in what's an uplifting narrative rather than, oh, we're just all stuck um, and des- <laughs> desperately waiting for the government to tell us it's okay to resume. So yeah. I guess I just kind of, in terms of consciousness, what are you seeing right now with this or what are the opportunities for us? Well, Tony, it's, uh, it's, um, it's the marvelous thing about 
life is that we always have a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't, we have no, not much control over the circumstances and definitely not over that one. But on the other hand, we have total choice about who we are being in the face of the circumstance. So some people will grow and elevate their consciousness deliberately, bringing awareness to everything and create a whole new life for themselves that was not predictable. And if you don't do that, you will spend your time resisting what is happening and suffering a lot. So I think it is actually a global opportunity for the humankind species to elevate their consciousness. Beautiful. Yeah. And I speak to a lot of people, right? This is my work. I have a lot of students. Every single one of them that I have asked, what did you learn in the last three months? Every single one of them came back with something so inspiring and everything was in the context of love, relatedness, Mm. connection, and setting their priority right and discovering who they really were. So very inspiring. It can be very inspiring. Now, of course, my heart goes out to all the people that have the virus and have lost people, then it's too early to have this conversation. You need to engage in grief mm-hmm. and, and let yourself grieve. But I'm talking with the, to the rest of us that have not have to deal with grief. That's beautifully said. You know, I, I'm so interested in when people can frame things and, and are feeling, because I'm also seeing a lot of people in my tribe feeling very inspired right now. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity. Your, your book um, the Elegance of Simplicity, A Wisdom mm-hmm. Teacher's Epic Journey to Awareness. I finished it a few nights ago, really well written. Uh, I really resonated with so much in there as a, as a fellow seeker. I didn't know you were such a seeker um, in, mm. in the spiritual area as well. You know, I knew you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, um, I wrote down, you wrote that, um, quote, you reached a point where there is now an unbearably you were you became unbearably aware of the lack of ontological freedom in your life, unquote. Mm-hmm. And I guess I wanted to ask you to explain that. And what is ontological freedom? So um, uh, there is, a, I'm trained as a philosopher, right? But there mm-hmm. is a branch of philosophy that is called ontology. And it's very specifically uh, focused on what it is to be a human being. What, what, what does that mean? How do we act? What is the ego? What is uh, all those uh, automatic reaction we have? What, is it possible to actually bring consciousness to that, um, to human beings? So when I was young, I had um, two gifts, like uh, I call them gifts. I was two years old and 12 years old, and I had a, a revelation. There is no other word for it. I literally got a gift. I, I saw the illusion of the material world, the world, the physical world, the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Then I uh, dismissed it all and went through the suffering of humankind, but it never left me because I knew what was possible. And when it got to the point where I felt trapped, jailed in a cage, 
Then I started acting and started seeking mm. because I knew there was something possible, something else. And if you ask every single human being that has enough courage to tell the truth, every single human being know there is something absolutely extraordinary available to them and they don't have access to it because they are caged. Uh -huh. But that cage is an illusion. And when you get to the illusion of that trap, then that's what I call ontological freedom. It's, it's, a, it's a delight of liberation. And of course, Tony, if I may, you realize that all the way you were not really caged and the door was always open, which is what the absurdity of it all is. That is right. I mean, I, I resonated with so much uh, as a fellow seeker, um, and I see this really common in seekers is that they carry this kind of deep, um, almost like restlessness or dissatisfaction with things. It's almost like the the suffering is is the trigger for them to seek the truth or to seek their own divinity or what's behind the illusion. Um, that was what was true for me. Looking back, I see I was always looking for the divine and not realizing that I was carrying it with me, so to speak. <laughs> so, and, you know, Tony, it's very, it's very true. I, I resisted for a lot of years the suffering of others, mm -hmm. and that brought despair. I literally had to experience despair and go through it. But it is only through that experience that I... I freed myself up. So suffering, very much like fear, I think is actually not something to resist at all. It's something to embrace because this is how we wake up. Mm -hmm. You know, if we didn't have fear, we will probably, or, or pain, for example, we will probably really hurt ourselves, right? If you didn't right. have fear, you will try to pat a lion. Yep. Right. Yep. But, uh, so, and suffering is in the same realm. I think um, uh, uh, that yeah, it brings uh, awakening if you bring consciousness to it. Yeah, you learn the lessons from the suffering. I mean, I think in the West, especially, where the culture trains us to like avoid all suffering, so we seek mm -hmm. this soft, cushy life. Um, mm -hmm. That's that we that you know, the media or, you know, the mainstream culture says this is the good life. And we desperately try to avoid suffering and never really suspecting that there's so much valuable lessons to go through it and to feel the pain or the shame or the sadness or anger, whatever the, the, the spectrum is for you. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. Uh, it seems so paradoxical that you have to mm -hmm. dive in it. You have to go through it mm -hmm. because it's on the other side of it mm -hmm. that there is the liberation. And our automatic reaction is to avoid diving into it. Yeah. But life is filled with paradox, right? So you need to dive in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you had wrote um, in the book that um, when your attention is constantly on yourself, it's as disempowering as it is egocentric. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about this because I think there's some people that think, well, how, how can the focus not be on me? And how is the focus when the focus is not on me? Um, how is that freeing? Or how can the focus be on me? Be disempowering? I think it's mm. it's, yeah. it's it's it's. It's, I think the egocentric part is evident, but the disempowering part, I think people would be like, what? What does she mean by that? So I wanted mm. you to explain that just a bit. 
Yeah, uh, Tony, it's again one of the paradox of life, right? So when we refer to ourselves, when we use the word I, I am that way or I, we refer to what I call the automatic ego, which is the cage I was speaking about. The autom- Most people think that the ego is being arrogant or being a jerk, or, but it's not that at all. The ego is everything you identify with other than who you really are. Right, So you can identify with being married, with the amount of money you have, with your looks, with your age, with being a father, with your job. As a human being, if we're not connected to the divine, then we will look for identification on the physical plane. Uh And, And that is where the suffering arises. So if it's 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 a very fine line between doing some work to actually liberate yourself from those identification and being self-centered. Mm. Right? And the Dalai Lama said it beautifully. He said, if you seek enlightenment for yourself, you're a fool. Mm-hmm. And if you seek enlightenment for others, then you are wise. And it's exactly that, is that if you seek it to to fix yourself and change yourself, this is more of it. It is an identification because there is nothing wrong with you or with anybody in the world. There is just the illusion of those identification. So instead of doing self-development, which people don't understand very well, it would be better to use the word collective fulfillment because when you liberate yourself, then you can, you are a very useful human being on the planet because it's never, ever again about you, the you being much too small for who you really are. I like that, collective fulfillment, you know, because you you see you see in the spiritual community this kind of identification with I'm doing spiritual work and these people that I'm friends with or related to are not. So you see this kind of, um, they're doing meditation or they're doing inner work, um, but there still is a lot of ego attached to I'm doing it and you you are not doing it. So that must mean something, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So you can do the ego on the ego. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. If, if it is a survival mechanism to seek um, awareness, enlightenment, and consciousness, mm-hmm. if it is to survive, then that's more of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about language as a tool for transformation. Um, lawyers and doctors, scientists, technologists, they all have their unique language for their respective crafts. And in the book, you mentioned that you had an epiphany where you made a promise to yourself to cherish language for what it is, your tool to create your reality. And I wanted to talk about this a bit because I, I sense that many people do not sense the power of their language. Um, they they throw around disempowering stuff quite easily. Um, it's actually um, easy to hear it in others. It's For me, it's easier to hear it in others than it is myself. Like um, mm. other people catch me doing it and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm being very um, flabby with my language right now. Um, but can you talk a little bit about why, you know, what this epiphany um, meant for you to cherish language so much? Because I have a sense that people think of it as just this everyday thing and not the powerful tool that you're indicating that it is. 
Mm. So if I give a little bit of background, uh, Tony, so there is a divine, right? That's a mystery. People call it God or light or love or energy. You can call it whatever you want. I call it the divine. Mm -hmm. And the divine creates, let's imagine it's like a breath, right? You breathe it out, creates a quantum realm, which is where intelligence resides, intelligence, the souls, beings, right, that are not material. And then this quantum reality just creates the material reality where we are. And the mystic call, the the connection between the physical world, the quantum world, and the divine world, uh, the river of life. Mm-hmm. So it goes... And and somebody that is enlightened is somebody that is able to go through the three realms uh, back and forth with absolutely total freedom, right? That's yeah. enlightenment. So if you imagine the divine, the quantum, the physical, you want to imagine the brain as a terminal that allows us to connect with the quantum and the divine and back and forth, right? And the the brain, and you know, the brain gives us language, right? Uh, If you are brain dead, you cannot operate on the physical dimension. Mm -hmm. So so how we uh, materialize the divine and the quantum is through language. And language can be... Uh, art, music, mathematics, physics, right? Everything is language. This is what we have to actually express the divine or our soul on the physical realm. So when you understand that language actually creates our reality, Mm -hmm. that the main universal rule is that you always get what you say. Mm. Right? Whatever you say, you get. Another way to say it is that you always reap what you sow. So if I say, for example, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, which I used to say when I was young, I was about 18, and I kept saying that, knowing just between you and I that I was not, but it allowed me to dominate and bring all, all the people's attention to me and and when I was bored with the conversation, all I had to say was that I was stupid and people will spend 10 minutes reassuring me. Right. So I won that way, right? But one day, somebody brought a book to my roommate and not to me. And I said to him, why didn't you give me the book? And he said, because I wasn't sure you would understand it. Ah. And at that moment, I got it down to myself. You reap what you sow. If I went on saying that I was stupid, people will end up believing it. And then their listening will create me as stupid. Right. Right. And I would not have the opportunity that I could have had. Yep. Do you see? So whatever whatever you say, you reap. So I was going to get a little coaching from you on this because here's there's a point with all this COVID-19, like I'm usually really, I hold a really 
elevated uh, context for humanity. I feel like we're moving in this brilliant direction. I think there's a lot of awakening right now. I think more people are doing meditation and prayer and connecting with the divine than ever before. And it's not just happening uh, where I'm at. It's happening all over the place. So there's a part of me that's like my heart is filled with like it's moving. My, my tribe is awakening. And then with this stuff that's happening in the United States right now, sometimes I'm getting caught in this kind of real concern about they're going to make us wear masks all the time. Like my son's going to have to, you know, they're going to make everything mandatory that they get temperatures taken at school. Like there's a part of me that recognizes that there's this kind of, uh, you know, almost like Orwellian kind of move Mm. by a certain group that I'm very concerned about. And my instinct is to go higher than that in the whole context, but I can still voice my concern or like, what in the hell they think we're, we're not going to go along with this. You know, like I, Mm -hmm. I'm finding myself a little defensive, concerned by um, maneuverings that the state is making us do where I'm like, you know, I, I guess I'm aware that they can put something in there and call it temporary. And then you know, five, 10 years later, you can find that, that it wasn't temporary at all. And I'm, so there's a part of me that's concerned about our liberties. Um, but my instinct is to take the language into a more elevated context than that. So I wanted to ask you about that. Cause that's one where I feel like I'm straddling the fence a bit. Mm. Mm. So the context I'm creating is, um, varied, right? So it looks to me, so from the spiritual point of view, mm-hmm. I I like to be the originator uh, and make myself the originator of everything, right? But I struggled with this pandemic because um, how do you take responsibility for something like a pandemic? I didn't quite know, right? So I elevated my responsibility to the human species soul, right? So I, I do have the intuition that every single circumstance we deal with is um, perfect for the elevation of our consciousness. So now we're dealing with a circumstance at the global level. So I'm I'm uh, really trusting uh, the 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 quantum realm and the divine realm. I, I, th- there is the opportunity to elevate consciousness at the level of species. Mm-hmm. So. I am making sure that I am always in love with reality. Uh, I, I, the universe always gives us what we need, not what we want, mm-hmm. right? That's the mm-hmm. distinction. But I really uh, am very, very, very clear. And as you read my book, so you know I had a very full life, that the universe is fundamentally good never makes mistakes and always give us what we need. So that's how I bring peace to what is happening. And then I imagine the whole of life as a symphony orchestra. Mm, Imagine the biggest symphony orchestra you can imagine. So there is all the instrument, all the notes, and it makes a symphony of life. But to have life, you need all of it. Mm. You need all all of it. So there is nothing to resist. If you listen attentively to what is happening, everything that is a lie or based on a lie is being uncovered. That's brilliant, Sophie. That's that's so wise. 
That's exactly what I needed to hear. I think that you're reinforcing my first instinct, which was to keep it elevated as um, as a symphony. As symphony is a great metaphor for this, and so that that's going to help tremendously because I keep getting pulled down into the concern of what the hell, you know, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, but like, here, here it is, Tony, you know, at the beginning of the call, we spoke about suffering, right? Yeah. So if the human being species is to elevate themselves, itself, mm-hmm. hey, we will need some more suffering. Because like, for example, let's say that in two weeks, everything is resolved, no more COVID. The lesson will not have been learned. Mm-hmm. So you need to prepare yourself for a marathon. Okay. Uh, it's not going to be a hundred meter race. Yeah. And 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 for the inauthenticity and the lies and the lack of integrity to be revealed will take some time. Mm-hmm. But when it shines, when there is a light on it. Just welcome it because there it is. Now make a choice. Do you want it or are we going to create something else? So we need an enormous amount of acceptance because we are going to see the best and the worst. Okay. That helps. Thank you for that. You, you'd mentioned that you were you in a previous uh, chapters in your life, you led seminars. Um, I, I've been in your room when you were leading on a number of occasions. And I just so admired your facilitation, your empathy, mm. compassion, your skill at the front of the room is astounding mm. for anybody <laughs> that's ever been in, in, in a room with you. Um, and after all those hours of leading, I guess one of the things mm. I wanted to ask you is what's the root cause in your own words of people's unhappiness um, and suffering? Like what, what was like kind of the thing that you kept seeing over and over? And then on the flip side, what was something that consistently astounded you about humans? Well, the source of all suffering is to identify with something that is not you. Mm. It's illusion. What, you know, this is a, the, this is the source of all suffering. If people remembered who they really were, they would not be suffering. Got it. But when you're disconnected from the quantum realm and from the divine, that is suffering indeed, Tony. I mean, my heart goes out to people that think that the only reality is the physical world. I Mm -hmm. I literally, I I ache for them. Yeah. So it's forgetting. It's forgetfulness, right? Not knowing. The uh, the Buddhists call it ignorance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the source of all suffering. And and the education to reconnect to who you really are is so simple. I, I um, That's why I came back to the state and started my business. It's because I, I knew I just couldn't stop. I mean, I've got to give that away to people because it's um, what they're looking for, yeah. what everybody's looking for. Yeah. And then what is absolutely the best of the best of the best? is that, uh, let's say I led to about 80,000 people, right, worldwide. I have never, ever met a bad person. Hmm. I only met people that did bad things. That's great. And to see the beauty, the love of who people really are, that gives you such a face in humankind. Yep. Because when people do 
bad things, damaging things, aggressive things, you know that they just lost their way. So it opens up to an enormous compassion and the gratitude for the education we have. That's great. I mean, you've you've sat in the in the front row seat in the driver's seat of so many people's transformation, where all of a sudden, for maybe the first time in their lives, they could see beyond their ego identification, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and helped and helped yep. helped walk them into that space. Um, so that that just must be enormously gratifying to to witness it, but also to be the facilitator to kind of help, you know, guide them in with language. Um, you know, I can't imagine uh, the sense of mission that you that you feel when when you're leading groups. Mm, it, it's um, it's really it's truly is a privilege because you, you I when I'm in front of the room I I I'm not there anymore. I'm mm. just four people, so that's such a privilege to to be able to be in such fusion with another human being that you mm-hmm. disappear. Yeah, and um, and you know I I had. Um, all sort of people, right? People that tortured others, people that raped others, people that were, I even had somebody in concentration camp. I had somebody from the Vietnam War. I mean, I heard it all. Yeah. Uh, After September 11, people that did things they blamed themselves for and so forth. And to see that through language and caring, Right, the relationship and the trust that got established, those people got totally liberated, but even more than liberated, elevated. Uh, that is a fulfillment of a lifetime for sure. That's great. So, yeah. Sophie, we're wrapping up. What other than your book, The Elegance of Simplicity, um, what other creative projects, workshops, and classes? Would you like our our listeners to know about? I'll mention all the the website stuff at the end, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to know this will come out in the summer. Is there something this summer in the fall that you would really like our listeners to know about? Yes, in uh, September, I'm rolling out the second uh, course that I have designed. It's online and it's called the Awareness Process. And it's a very, very powerful course. The first three months are for everybody. The last two months are for people that are professional and want to use the three methods I give in that course. Mm-hmm. And, and I can really uh, with confidence say that it is a revolutionary course um, to, that we, that fulfills on everything we spoke about on this podcast, Tony. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for coming on Basecamp for Men. It is just awesome to connect with you uh, and to be in alignment with you on so many things. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights. And thank you for all the work you've done on, on uh, uh, for humanity over the years. It's been, it's made a huge difference. So thank you. Tony, thank you for having me. It's just so great to spend this time with you. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Sophie as much as I did. To find out more about her or enroll in one of her excellent programs, go to www.sophiemclean.com. She teaches within a framework called Access to Awareness, bringing all of her wisdom and experience into each of these programs. I have learned a ton from Sophie McLean, and I highly recommend that if you're ready for a deeper level of learning, go put yourself in one of her online seminars or classes. You'll be happy you did. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. 
Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.